Jens and Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for our weekly conversation with the man himself, David Locke. Brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. David, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Gorgeous day. Fun things to do. Don't know what they are, but they're going to be there. But they're there. Uh, they're there. We live in the you feel like mecca of fun you, things to do. I know, I know. And we're out here uh, doing a remote outside here at RGS Exteriors. Can't ask for a better day. There's no doubt about it. At uh, what point in the fourth quarter do you think the Jazz had a chance to come back and win that thing? I think it was like a, we get to like 10. Well, I mean, I'm so analytical-based. I know that like, oh, wow, you have like a 1% chance and you're down 18, and actually that's what happens, right? Like even though you had the lead, like it only takes one play or two plays to go in the wrong direction to swing it. Um but I, uh, I think there was a moment where, like, didn't we get to, like, 10 with, like, five minutes left or something like that? And I was like, whoa, yeah. if we get a stop in a bucket, right? I think on the air I said, whoa, we get a stop in a bucket right now. We got a ball game. Like, but there was even, a, even as we did that, there was the, the stunner to me was I think we were down. I'll have to check it. But I think we were down, like, five or six with two minutes left. And, um, yeah, we were down, like, 112-105 with three minutes left. And – like seven minutes and three minutes is kind of unheard of. And then even Clarkson hits a shot and then you're like, okay, well, we're down five with two twenty left. And, and you're like, okay, maybe. Um, but I think it was like when Boyan hit his shot and we went to, you know, it was one, about five minutes left. I think it was about one O'Neal hits the three and it's one ten one Oh one. We trade baskets and now it's four minutes left. And, and you're thinking like maybe, but we don't score for a few possessions there actually after that. I think that might've been the sequence where we had all the threes that didn't go. Um, and so it still just felt like, I think we're, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and look at it, but I think we were down eight with, with, uh, or nine with three minutes left still. So it didn't, I, I, I don't know, maybe not until like, not until Jordan Clarkson actually put us ahead there for a second. Did I actually, Oh my gosh, like, Holy cow, we're going to pull this thing off or have a chance to. Hey, David, walk us through that final possession. So you got just over five seconds left on the clock. You're down by three. At that point, Golden State's wanting to foul, right? Put them on the line for two. And and Clarkson gets that, that corner three. I'll kind of walk us through. Is that how the Jazz wanted that to go down? Obviously, they wanted that shot to fall. But walk us through those final five seconds. Yeah, I mean, I think because they have the ability to foul, you have to run a play in which someone's catching the ball and immediately letting it fly. Um and so, yeah, I think that's the answer. Um, and then the – I don't know how they did it, but they got Jordan open in one motion, got him shooting. So, I mean, I think they just did it on a pure sprint to the corner. Um, it's actually not an easy shot from the top. We've seen Boyan make that shot against Houston on a similar inbound from the side. Um, but, yeah, I think they got – I think they got what they wanted. I mean, your chances – like, your win probability with – down three with five seconds left is probably three percent maybe four percent like you're you're on the wrong side of you're on the wrong side of the game at that point maybe not maybe it's higher i don't i don't think i think you're in a pretty low opportunity to win at that point yeah it sounds about right um you know jordan clarkson it's funny because you 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 watch twitter as you're, you're going through a game and i know you're dialed in the uh the cries to Jordan Clarkson to stop shooting in the first half to, oh, my gosh, Jordan Clarkson is going to win us this game in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think the uh, the swings of the emotions regarding Jordan Clarkson are pretty amusing to watch because oh. that's who he is, and that, that's what, I mean, and, 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 and you love him for it. 
I mean, that was the that was the Jordan Clarkson experience, like in in yes. in its grandest form, um, and with kind of and the essence of what Quinn Snyder has has built for him. Um, right, Quinn has given him this amazing freedom to do whatever you know to just play and. Kristen Kenny wrote a story on Zero Zero, which is the did a story on Zero Zero, which is kind of this music background that he's gotten into. And there's some music term that that kind of means to be like in the flow without thinking, and that's why that's his number. And that's what Quinn's created with him is this just incredible freedom to do whatever he needs to do. And um, the you know I, I wouldn't have had the wherewithal as a player to keep shooting or as a coach to let him keep shooting at that point, right? Like, I mean, he was, he really had as bad a first half of basketball as I've ever seen Jordan Clarkson have in all, and I've never seen him be better. So the Jordan Clarkson experience is a unique one, but he went to each side of the pendulum at the furthest level um, than he's ever gone before last night. Cause the first half, I think his usage rate was 50, which is insane. <laughs> even for someone who like shoots a lot. I mean, and then he wasn't good while having a usage rate at 50, which is not great. And then all of a sudden he was the one. Now, you know, I, I do think there's – we have to understand the circumstances, right? Mike and Don are our number one and two possession users. They're not on the floor anymore. It's been a long time. Like, we've gotten used to the fans, but for the players, it's a long time that this has been going on, and they're getting worn out by it because everyone's taking a larger role, and the rightful order of the basketball universe has gotten reformed for them, but it's still not right. And so, you know, Joe's kind of, I thought, you know, looked a little bit out of sorts last night. I can't imagine why. He's only been guarded by, you know, Mikel Bridges, DeJounte Murray, and every other best defender in the world that can OG Ananobi guarding him every time he brings the ball up the floor for 32 minutes a night right now. And so Clarkson, I think, probably was feeling that burden a little bit last night, and so then he's off. Um, though his comment afterwards is interesting that my looks in the first half were way better than my second. I mean, there were some things he did. They were forcing him. Ron Boone picked it up on the broadcast that they would just not let him get right under any circumstance, which is very playoff-esque, or when you suddenly are the f top player on the on the scouting report, which he's usually not. And then he's also now being guarded by better defenders who can execute their plan, which is new for him. Um, so there's just so many elements to this of where the Jazz are right now, which is that they're battling their beep off very shorthanded for a very long period of time and with a real chance to maintain that number one seed, which is pretty incredible. So I was watching this game last night, and at halftime I flipped over for some national analysis, and uh, I, there were two former NBA players that were talking about Steph Curry, and one of them said, this is the best Steph Curry we've seen in his career. You've watched Steph for a lot of years. Is this the best Steph Curry has, has been, has looked, has played? So I believe the Steph Curry 15-16 season is the greatest individual offensive season in the history of the game. I'm pretty comfortable with that. So I can't say this is the best Steph Curry I've ever seen. Okay. But right. that, is how, not in how, that is not in disrespect to Steph Curry. That's only because I think Steph Curry broke the game in 15-16, like forever. How, how, and how much of that had to do with what was around him in that season as compared to what's well, around him 15, now? 15-16 is just – Really, the big difference is Clay and Andre Gudala, right? It's 15, yep. 16 is not Durant yet. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, I, I mean, this is not nearly as good a team as 
I mean, thank goodness for Andrew Wiggins last night because we need to stay in the game. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, this team's not nearly as good as that team. Um, I think, okay, so here are the hands to kind of more directly answer your question. I think Steph was is stronger today than he was then. I think his endurance is superior to what it was then. I think his, um, I think he's probably, you know, obviously more experienced and has seen everything more. Um, but in 15, 16, he took 11 threes a game before, like, anyone figured that out. Um, you know, he was taking 55 to 60% of his shots as threes, and, make, and he made 45% of them. Like, it's the greatest single shooting season in the history of the game. He also grabbed five rebounds and just out seven assists that year. And despite Draymond Green's comment last night that sometimes guys who lead the league in steals are not good defenders, he led the league in steals that year. Like, it's maybe the greatest season I've, like, ever seen. Um, he's really, really good right now, though. And he, has been, he bends the game and transfers forms the game in a manner that makes it impossible to defend the, the Warriors. Like you literally have to defend him in a manner where you're allowed to give up backdoor layups every now and then to other guys or else if you decide you're not giving up backdoor layups, you can't guard Steph Curry. Like that's crazy, but that's what he does to you. Well, I mean, yeah, hands and I were talking about this earlier. Sometimes it's better to take your chances guarding three guys, guarding four than letting Steph getting opportunities. Right. hundred percent. I mean, you double step off the pick and roll. Draymond averages nine assists a game. He's suddenly running a four on three. Now, it's not the same yeah. four on three that used to have Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant as a part of it, but it's a four on three in the middle of the floor, and he's a master at it. Yep. Uh, David Locke joining us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. So, with that said, who do you want to see in the first round? Um, like, do you think Oklahoma City or Houston's available? Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully not Minnesota. But uh... right, I, I didn't say Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. I think we'd get a play. I think we'd get a playoff. I mean, here's the thing that's so tricky about this. Whomever, this is crazy. If we're the one seed or the two seed, but if we're the one seed, whomever we play in the playoffs is going to have a significant playoff experience advantage on us, unless Memphis does something crazy. So, like, yep. my biggest concern is I don't know that our guys know how to beat Steph Curry and Draymond Green in a series yet. Like, they haven't done that. Steph Curry and Draymond Green, what do you think it would be like to try to knock – we go up 3-2 on the Golden State Warriors. What do you think it's going to be like to try to knock Draymond Green out? And, like, do our guys know how to do that yet? The finish. Right? And so imagine if you get the Lakers in the first round. And I frankly have a little bit more respect for Steph Curry and Draymond Green in this category than Anthony Davis, but nobody do I have more respect for than LeBron in this category, unless he's just not right. But my biggest concern on this thing is, like, it's crazy because I think it's lining up really nicely for the Jazz, but I'm not sure we can get out of the first round. But if we get out of the first round, then suddenly, other than Kawhi Leonard, like, it's not like it doesn't it, – the first round feels more daunting to me trying to – like, if you're in a series and – like who are the guys that you think if you're in a series and you have to beat them? 
You've got to beat them, right? You're not just winning yeah. games. Mm-hmm. You have to beat them. Like, who are the guys that are going to be the most difficult to do that to? Steph and Draymond are number one on my list. LeBron's number two on my list. Who's after that? Maybe Kawhi. Kawhi, maybe. Yeah. Okay. And no one's really sure but that it's leadership, leadership, but yeah. Yeah, but it, that's a big drop from two to three. Uh-huh. Huge drop. And then the next one's like Jokic or Jokic probably deserves credit. Like what he did to us last year deserves a lot of credit. What he did to the Clippers last year, like maybe he should be three and Kawhi should be two, four for that reason. Yeah. And then probably Luka just because he's unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. I found a number on Luka yesterday. Of the top ten pick-and-roll combinations in the NBA, he's the ball handler in four of them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, it's so irrelevant who's running the pick-and-roll with him. He's just that great. Um, right? So, okay, so there. Like, that's – and I'm sure we've – you know, and, and we haven't talked about – now, Chris Paul's playoff history tells me the opposite. Chris Paul's playoff history tells me you might not have to beat him. He might take care of uh, himself. Yeah. It's just uh, I was on with a uh, a buddy of mine over who was in the Denver market, and he's like, "We're like, all right, well." And at that point, it was looking, you know, you had the uh, Lakers who were at the uh, six at that point; they've dropped down. But you know, we were just bemoaning the fact that the Jazz might get the uh, Jazz might get the uh, Golden State Warriors in the first round, and Denver would get the Lakers, and you'd have everybody in the NBA and every TV market rooting against those individual teams against. Steph Curry and uh, and LeBron James and Adam Silver somewhere has got to be smiling at the thought that his playing game might feature Golden State and the Lakers, uh, and then uh, those two teams, you know, as your seven and your eight with an opportunity to move on. I mean, uh, it's setting up nicely for the NBA overall. All right, if they, I don't know how they're going to do playing. If they're going to do Eastern Conference TV one night and Western Conference the next, or I would assume they're going to do an Eastern Conference matchup and a Western Conference matchup for TV, and so. Let's just say they decided to do seven, eight against each other the first night, giving those teams an advantage. I would think they might do seven, eight, seven, eight, because you give those teams an advantage, then they're in the playoffs, and it's also an advantage to the two seed. They have more time to prep. So I'm guessing the league would probably want that. There is a chance the play-in night could be Boston Celtics, most storied franchise in the East, against LaMelo Ball, probably one yeah. of the big draws in the league, right? And on the other side could be Warriors-Lakers. <laughs> It will be the highest-rated TV night in the history of the NBA that's not an NBA Finals. No doubt. David, always a pleasure, my friend. Well, that's nice of you to say that, whether it's true or not. Um, I had one other quick note for you. Now I can't remember what it was. Was it Donovan talking against the uh, playing tournament? um, I, I didn't hear Donovan. And nor could I see was the game the, when Donovan was on. Yeah, he was on the TV broadcast. Yeah, well, I'm aware because I lost half my screen. I was calling the game off when he was on, and that was really hard. So I'm oh, perfectly aware that Donovan was on TV last night. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. That's it was not great. I mean, I'm not blaming anyone <laughs> at all. It's the world we live in. But I was like, ah! What did he have to say? Anything <laughs> oh. interesting? Uh, well, he said he's not a fan of the uh, playing game because every, you know, your your uh, three through six know who they're going to play and will have a week to prepare, and uh, they won't have that kind of luxury to prepare during that week off while they're waiting on who their opponent's going to be. Uh, that is true. I believe Alex Jensen 
has the first scout and has to prepare four teams, four teams as the one seed. Yeah. It's not so great. That, that's it. That, he, you know, we've heard people on the 7, 8, 9, 10 range complain. We've, that's the first time I've heard somebody in the 1, 2 range complain about uh, how, how this whole thing can play out. But That's an interesting um, – it's also an interesting um, tip of the hat to the um, um, the faith Donovan has in his coaching staff to get him ready. All right. Well, David, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, David. All right. See you guys.